My guest today is a barber and co-owner of Ward's Barbershop in Bee Cave, Texas. Please welcome Lewis Ward. Lewis, how's it going? Good, man. How are you, RJ? Hey, I can't complain. Everything's good? Good. Want to... Want to start out, man, just saying thank you. Thanks for joining the podcast. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. All right. So let's get right into it. What do you do? I am a barber. All right. All right. So what's your barbershop? So my wife and I own Ward's Barbershop, and it's located at Bee Cave, Texas, just basically right outside of Austin. Hill Country. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Kept the name. All right. Yes. And how long have you been doing that? The shop has been open a year. We made a year in April. We made our anniversary in April. Man, c- congrats. That's great. Thank you. That's Thank great. you, man. It's exciting. Yeah. So now when I think of barbershops and being a barber, I don't just think of just cutting hair. I think of the people that come there and, and the, the interacting, the meetings, the place where you can catch up on current events and sports right. and yep. community news and all that. Is that what it's like? Is that what you feel also at your barbershop? Absolutely, man. It's, there's a joke there. Like we're like we're a therapist, a marriage counselor, you know, barber and all these other things. You know, you wear a lot of hats as a barber. And I embrace that, man. It's funny that you mentioned when you think about barber, you don't just think about cutting hair. When I started this, I was just thinking about cutting hair. Like I literally was trying to find the best way for me to to make a living. And I only thought about it from a perspective of cutting hair. And it's, uh, it's turned out to be so much more, man. Uh, those relationships that you have and being able to talk to those people are what I look to more than, than anything, more so than, and I enjoy cutting as a form of expression or being artistic. I enjoy being able to create something or change somebody's appearance, but not as much as I enjoy the interaction, the human interaction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when you first came in, you, you like you said, you only thought about just the cutting hair part and kind of surprised with some of the other elements, like the relationships that you build. Any other surprises there as well? I think, and it probably shouldn't have been a surprise, but you can continue to create yourself in in this industry. There's so many different aspects of of barbering or, or, or being in this health and beauty field that I never even imagined as far as the reality of it is physically, I won't be able to stand behind a chair forever. Like right. there's a there's a time limit on everything. So what happens after that? And I've been surprised at just how many other opportunities cutting hair has provided and, and just the relationships. Again, I, I'll keep going back to that because it's a it's a wonderful way to network. And man, I've made some really cool friends and, and had some really good relationships that have been built that hopefully I can use those going forward. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, with all the relationships that you come across there, just everyone that goes to the a barbershop. So everyone that goes there and for almost everything, it's all about networking. So that exactly. definitely makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Now, now with you, you cut everyone's here. Do you cut kids here? I cut everybody. Uh, okay. Kids, obviously men. Yeah. And of all backgrounds, everybody. I'm comfortable okay. cutting anybody's hair. I'm trained and I'm, I have the skill set to cut women's hair, but we just don't do it at, at our shop. Okay. Okay. And is there certain hairstyles or haircuts or things that you like doing better than others? 
So, yeah, I mean, it just depends. Like, it's it's weird. Like, some days I'll wake up and I'll feel like just doing business cuts, which is basically mm-hmm. things that you'll see guys that on the office setting or business setting, real clean, yeah. kind of off the ear haircut. And then other days I feel like doing something kind of different, man. You can always have fades and stuff like that. Right. And sometimes, man, it can get monotonous. But when you have the time or when you have somebody that's, you know, hey, man, can you put a part in there? Can you when they allow you creative freedom? That part I really enjoy. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, do you remember any unique haircuts that you've done? Extremely. Yeah. Unique? One. One right off top. There's a a family friend. He has a son, and they live out in West Texas actually, but they come all the way to BK because they're comfortable with what we do, man. They like what we do. But his son, again, they're in West Texas, so he wears a mullet. And I cut the mullet. I faded on the side. It, it ain't the old school mullet like it used to be, but I did like a fade on the side. But he asked if I could put the state of Texas where the mullet was, right where I did the fade. Mm-hmm. And I'd never done anything like that, man. I wasn't sure if I could pull it off. He actually showed me a picture and it came out nice, man. It came out nice. And I thought and that was something that I was like, wow, this was cool. Like it was a cool experience. It was nice. I was able to challenge myself, overcome some fears. I didn't want to mess the dude up some mullet. So. Right. He already dealing with a lot, so <laughs> I didn't want to mess him up. But it was cool. Like that was a cool experience. That's something that I remember right off top. Nice. That's good. Now, how many barbers are in your shop? It's my wife, myself, and we currently have three other barbers. And we're actually I, I did an interview yesterday, and I have an interview tomorrow, interviewing two different people. We've experienced a lot of growth, man. We've been really fortunate and blessed in this first year that we're in a great location, and we try to put a good product out. And so uh, we've had a lot of positive feedback. The community has embraced us, and as a result, not only we're we getting more clientele, but it's drawing in other barbers. So whereas the first six months we were struggling, we had more business than we could handle. And as of actually kind of pre-COVID and post-COVID, like people can see the writing on the wall. Location has a lot to do with success of a barbershop. So we got somebody before and we were able to pick up another barber afterwards just because we are in a place that's doing well right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's good to hear. Now, these other barbers, these three other barbers and, and other additional barbers, how does that relationship work? Are they renting the seat in your So in your our shop is a commission-based shop. Everybody, my wife and I included, are, are paid as commission employees. So we toyed with the idea of making it booth rent or giving employees that as an option. But for right now, it's a better fit for where we're at. We're commissioned and that's everything from haircuts to product sales to anything that we profit from. Got it. OK. All right. So. So like we said earlier, it's not just about cutting hair for you. There's, and especially being the part owner of the barbershop, you and your wife, there's a lot of things that are involved with it. So can you talk about a typical day from you? Typical day, our hours are 10 to 7. And right now, man, we're, like I said, we're, we're pretty booked. The typical day is we get in probably about anywhere from 9.15 to 9.30. We get in early. We set up. It's usually two people opening. And right around noon, we have a third employee comes in. The two employees that open, we do a setup. We go through and we make sure that we have everything that we need for the day. Again, we check the schedule. A lot of times we have messages left. We have to go to our our website or even to our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and people will leave messages there. So many different ways to book an appointment. So we got to check all of that. 
prior to the day getting started. And, and if we have to or we have an opportunity or an opening, we'll contact those clients and let them know. And then it's, it's cutting, man. It's cutting. My wife is we chose that area because she had been established in that area. And so she's booked basically a month out. She's pretty hard to get in with. But again, word of mouth brings a lot of people in. So everybody else pretty much has a busy day. We don't have very many open spots currently. It wasn't always that way. We had to build, but right now we're humping, man. Anybody that's on the schedule typically has their books. Even if they don't start the day filled, by the end of the day, they would have filled up all the spots. Wow. Man, that's great. Yeah. And that's and that's with less than a year. Uh, yeah. Built that's it. Just, that's, man, that's great. So, okay, so we mentioned kind of having to wear a lot of hats, kind of jack of all trades for, for your job. What type of skill sets and characteristics do you think make for a successful barber? It starts with an attitude of, of being able to provide good customer service. I'll start with that first and foremost. I've seen a lot of people come through this industry that are tremendous with, with clippers or shears in their hands and they can work wonders, but their attitude might not necessarily be the best or they just there's something to be said about good customer service. So particularly us, what we're looking for is somebody to come in. Again, I said yesterday I had a an interview and one of the things that we lead with is how do you feel about your customer service skill? And the same kind of typical questions that you get in any interview, ask them to describe a situation where they had somebody that didn't agree with them and just kind of get a feel for people. But it starts with that. And then obviously some experience is preferred. A lot of what we do in this industry is we, everybody, we get people directly out of school. That gives us somebody that first of all has a license, second of all has some cutting experience, and third, it gives us somebody that's kind of a blank slate to where every shop is run different. There's several paths to success. But for us, we like being able to bring people in who are at the very least open minded and open to change because we like to run things a certain way. We don't have a long list of rules, but as far as what we provide to a client. So the first thing we do is we greet a client when he comes in. Pre-COVID, we would offer him a drink. If they had to sit down and wait until their chair was free, then they would sit down and wait until their chair is free. Once your chair is free, if that's your client, you go, you greet them, you bring them to your chair. Our price point is kind of high, but with that price point comes, again, a certain amount of extras. So we'll either pre or post haircut. We have a little massager. We'll massage the client's back. We'll do a consultation pre-haircut, do the haircut. After we're done with the haircut, we offer a, a straight razor shave on the back of your neck. We shampoo and blow dry and give you help styling or we have product if you want help styling your hair. And so all of those things are things that are expected and not everybody's for that. Some people just want to be able to go in and give a haircut and say, hey, can you pay me my money? But we're asking people to pay a premium. So we try to provide a premium service. And so we're looking for people that customer friendly or good customer service, are willing to go the extra mile for the client and have some bit of experience. Nice. Okay. That makes sense. The good service, customer friendly, have the experience. And then you mentioned barber school in there. Can you talk about the steps that you took to get to where you are? Yeah, it was, it wasn't, man, I've been cutting hair since, since uh, probably high school, since I started high school, 14, 15, somewhere around there. 
And I, I didn't get into it as a profession until later on. I spent most of my career in logistics and got to a point where I got laid off from a company and kind of came at a crossroads. I was in my 40s at that point, and I was like, I got to make a decision. I'd seen my wife go from working at a sports club. She started at a sports club, and she went from there to having her own suite where she, no, no, I take it back. She went from there to a, a pretty well-known barbershop in the area. And she worked for them for six years. And she realized at that point, because she only had her cosmetology license, she realized that at that barbershop that a stylist ultimately wouldn't make as much money as a barber because there's certain services that barbers can barbers provide that stylists don't. And I'm telling you all this to get to my, to why, how, how I got in it. So she went back and she got her, barber's license so my wife is dual license and when i saw where her earning power like she she went from you know she made a decent living to a six-figure income in the first year of going out on her own within the year and a half of going out on her own and i looked at it like man she just started cutting hair like a couple of weeks ago i've been cutting hair since i was a kid so I was like, man, I, I should really take a look at it. Like, I, cause again, I said I was at a, a crossroads. I like, I love cooking, so it was. I, I had in my mind that I was either gonna go to barber school or go to culinary school. And watching my wife build her brand and her career just motivated me. And I did it with money in mind at first. And once I got to school, and I have a mentor at the school, and he really kind of took me under his wing. And he's a brother that he owned a shop in Dallas for twenty something years, and. He was a campus director at our school and he started teaching me how to be a professional and the other side of being a good barber. And so, well, two years ago, two years ago, I went to school and that process was it was stressful at first because I applied for my financial aid and I got approved. And then when I got ready to enroll in school, I got my FAFSA or, or a note from from somebody that there was a, a problem with it. So I was going to have to wait another six months before I could apply for my financial aid. And that was that came at a time where, again, I was at a crossroads, but I wasn't really happy with where my life was. So it was like a blow. But through some blessings and some generous, you know, my, my mother-in-law helped us out. I was able to go to school and I jumped on the opportunity, man. And we've been grinding ever since, just really trying to, to build a good brand. And the process to get your, your, your license in the state of Texas required it used to require 1,500 hours. The law just changed to 1,000 hours. So that's, that's 1,500 course hours. It generally takes about 10 months. Most people finish it in a little over a year because of personal things. You miss time or whatever. And I finished mine and graduated and went right to working at a shop called Red's Barbershop here in Austin. And that's where it all got started. Nice. Hear a lot of stories from successful entrepreneurs that sound similar where they were laid off and they decided to take that risk, finally take that risk and go do what either they're passionate about or just do something else to use that entrepreneurial spirit. So and a lot of those stories also I hear about mentors that helped them on that path as well. So mm-hmm. I, I love hearing stories like that. It's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of people that helped get to this point. Yeah. All right. So can you talk about what you love about being a barber? I love the fact that I really get a chance to meet a lot of interesting people and make some really cool relationships and and have some good friendships. Just in a short span, I've, like I said, I've had my license in two years. In those two years, 
I've learned more probably about just myself, man. And, and you might think that you're a certain way and that's only because you've only been exposed to certain things. And being a barber, you get to meet a lot of different people and exposed to a lot of different things. And it opens your mind and your eyes to the world that you live in can be so small sometimes. And so getting to listen to other people's experiences, man, just really motivates me to go out and really my wife and I, we're trying to build a legacy with this. Like a lot of times that word gets thrown around, but I mean it like part of me getting to this point was, I don't know, man, a few years back, my mother passed. And so, you know, it's like my mother was such a wonderful person. And it's like, man, I, you know, you think, wow, I really like to make her proud, you know, just do something. And it was something I never mentioned this in the beginning. I probably should have. Whenever I, I moved from Houston to Austin, at that moment, I knew that I wanted to at least try being a barber. Yeah. So my plan was to leave Houston and, and come to Austin, see something different for a little while, get my barber's license and go back to Houston and open up a shop. So in a sense, it's a dream deferred. It didn't happen the way that I originally planned, but it still happened. And so knowing all that I went through and all that we sacrificed to get to this point, it's like I, I'm motivated when I go to work because what you put out, you get back. And so if we continue to give a good product, we've seen it. We've seen it from a year ago to where we are now. We grew when a lot of people, especially in, in the midst of this COVID thing, they didn't make it back. You know, some people didn't survive. Some people won't ever make it back. And so for us to be able to to grow and to continue to to build during this time, man, that motivates me. Like that's what when I get ready to get up and go to work, I'm like, man, just think of how much better things can be. And part of me going to work, I'd like to think that I help enrich other people's lives as much as they do mine. It's, I don't want it to ever yeah. be a side of thing. I want it to always be where their life is better for having come in and sat in our shop, you know, whether yeah. it be just conversation or the relaxation that they get while they're there. But and, and I think just trying to treat people right will breed success, especially in this industry. Yeah. So I'm motivated. That's what gets me up, man. Being able to continue to build these relationships and on a personal side, yeah. you know, I, I got stuff that being a person of faith that I have as far as goals and without because you don't know who's in your chair so without offending anybody or without stepping on anybody's toes i still try to let that shine let that scene so yeah hopefully that's helping man and i feel like it is yeah i believe it is well as far as your customers life being better in addition to everything you said i would tell you this when i did have hair every time i did get a haircut I don't know what it is, but I just felt like a different person. Yeah, I felt like a yeah. different person every time I had a haircut, man. I just had so much more confidence and just just felt good. Just felt so much better. So that's so yeah. that's one thing. And also, just wanted to say, very sorry to hear about your mother and that she's definitely looking down. I've been proud of everything you're doing and accomplishing. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that, man. Thank you. You're welcome. So now, on the flip side, what about challenges? What challenges are out there? What obstacles are there? As a business owner, you're responsible for everything. Mm. So that's the first just real challenge. You expect to, to deal with your own, like, as again, I'm, I'm paid as a, an employee. We're all treated as employees. So I can handle whatever fire comes my way. The hard part or the difficult part, it's not really hard. It's just difficult. 
not everybody's going to be a good fit. Right. And, and you have to let those people know that expenses, anything we just had to the second time we've had to replace our AC or not replace it, but have work done to our AC. There's not a, a lot of extra cash in that first year, even in growth. And so those unforeseen from a financial standpoint, you can handle it, but it's stress, right? Because it's just one more thing you'd like for every day to be smooth sailing. You can't. And this is the difficult part. Um, especially as as uh, as business owners and as people that are trying to provide good customer service, if that's what we stand on, sometimes, and you'll find this at any barbershop, there's a term that goes, sometimes you have to fire some of your clients. And reserving the right to refuse service is something that, that people say, but sometimes you have to actually do that. We try to be like Switzerland Right. For the most part, you can't stop people from talking and you don't want them to. You want them to feel, feel right. comfortable in there, but within reason. Right. And, and in a respectful way. And sometimes, you know, especially in, in today's climate, man, people feel the need to express themselves. And not often, but it's caused some problems before where one client may make another client feel uncomfortable and having to address issues like that. My wife and I both work all the time, all the time. And so our children we got to have childcare. We have a babysitter. And, and most of those things were, were easy to take care of before COVID, right? And now it's, if you're not an essential worker, there's no childcare out there and there's babysitters, but our babysitter is, is really not comfortable and we're not going to bond them off on somebody else. So we're having to adjust our schedule and, and fill in the blanks, alternate to where we're not seeing as much of each other because somebody needs to be home with the kids. Just things like that, man. Things that probably outside of the shop that, that most people that own businesses have to deal with right. having to take care of all those things yourself. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's really tough times right now. And hopefully, hopefully this thing will pass soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, what about some of your more memorable moments? Do you have like a most memorable moment that you can think of? Man, it's hard to, yeah, I, I got a few. I don't know if one is more memorable than the other. Yeah. I've, I've had some really cool, like, I, I and it sounds like I'm being braggadocious or something, and no. because none of this stuff is, is based off of anything that I do with Clippers. I feel like I've, again, uh, networked and had some people that, that really looked out for me. Prior to meeting the governor of Texas, <laughs> the coolest thing is for a while, I don't know, about a year ago, I was cutting uh, Chris Bosch's hair. So me being a basketball dude, man, like that was like I, I was as cool as it probably ever going to get from a basketball standpoint. Um, <laughs> i tell you when it was. It was about a year and a half ago. It was the summer right before last basketball season. And LeBron was trying to decide where he was going to go. Mm. And Bosch lives here, but he had been working in L.A., and so when he was home, I was cutting his hair. And at the same time I was cutting his hair, we were watching like Sports Center. And he got an alert on his phone that said that, that LeBron was going to LA. And to sit there and be able to talk to him mm. about LeBron James, man. Yeah. Come on. Like that was cool. <laughs> like that was cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, it's funny because you talked about going into all this. You said that you only thought of cutting hair and you didn't realize a lot of the other stuff that came along with it. And during this conversation, you can tell that there's so much more that has nothing to do with the Clippers itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 
Yeah. So yeah, that's that's, that's the part cool. that, that is is cool because ego plays a big part in this industry, and I try to from from just a a skill standpoint, and, and I try to always humble myself, man, because I, I realize where I am. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, I watch Instagram, I look at other barbers that I work with, and and I can appreciate other people's work. So I know that this doesn't have anything to do with what I'm able to do with with Clippers, man. It's been my ability again to to have these relationships with people that that trust me and yep. and because i didn't go soliciting chris bosh somebody hooked me up with him mm-hmm. i didn't go solicit the governor or anything like that there's somebody that felt i was somebody that could handle being in that position so that means more to me than 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 any of that and i try to that's why i put the customer service first man that's why we do and i'm talking about me my wife if we're talking about people that are influential, she got her, her list of people too, man. And it's all because of how we go about just trying to treat people the right way, man. People appreciate right. good customer service. You know, if you go somewhere and no matter how much you might like the product, if the customer service is not great, you're probably not going back, man. Yep, right. So that's what we try to do. All right. So really good. I, so we're at near the end of the interview. There's a, a few quick hitter questions I want to ask for people to, you know, just kind of for fun for them to get to know you better. But right before we do that, though, I want to see if there's anything additional that you want to add or anything I might have left out I should have asked you. No, I, I don't. I, I think it's been good, man. That's, uh, yeah, I think it's been okay. good. All right, good, good. All right, so let's get to these quick hitter questions. One, what's your favorite sports team? The Rockets. Good answer. Good answer, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite movie or show? Ooh, my favorite movie of all time is Coming to America. And I, I get a lot of crap for that, but that's my favorite movie. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of crap for that? that that's, that's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic, but people are like, come on, all these other movies, like, you know, and, and I get it. Like, I like those movies, too, but... yeah. Uh, a lot of it is is where you were at that time, and I think that's, that's probably like the first movie that I went to on a date or something. And yeah. so I don't even know if I remembered the movie that much, but <laughs> I know that I like it. <laughs> nice. All right. Favorite musical artist or group? Ooh, boy, that's a good one. My uh, see, <laughs> I, I'll give you, I'll give you my favorite musician and then my favorite group. Okay. My favorite musician. All time is Stevie Wonder. My favorite group is Outkast. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Favorite vacation spot? Uh, sadly, I haven't been. I've vacation places, but nothing that's been like, ooh, that's a good. Florida. My wife's from Florida, and we yeah. go there pretty regularly. That's my favorite vacation spot. Okay. Just the state of Florida, because there's a bunch of different places that we've been there. Okay. All yeah. over. Okay. And last, favorite food or drink? Oh, man. Favorite food. That's a tough one. Um, favorite drink, too. Favorite drink is probably... I'm plain, man. Like, I'm I'm dull. Water. Like, I love water. That's okay. my favorite drink. Uh, <laughs> favorite food. Ugh. I don't I don't even know if I have one. I'm trying to think. What do I like to eat? You know what it is? There's this dish. It's called Chicken Lombardi. And I like that. It's made oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that. Good. All right, man. So is there any way that people can get in, in contact with you or the barbershop? 
Yeah, absolutely. Barbershop is just www. And my wife is always like, don't nobody say www no more. I say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> wardsbarbershop.com. And, and you can reach me there. You can reach us there. And then I have I have Instagram, man. It's Mr. Uh, Mr. Dot Lose. So Mr. Dot Lews uh, on Instagram. Nice. All right. Well, great. Thanks a lot, Lewis. Really good talking to you. And uh, thanks awesome. for joining the program, awesome. the podcast. Absolutely. Right. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, man. Have a good one, man. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions, or would like to be on the podcast please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.